All right, everybody, welcome to episode 134 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing, man? I'm good. Happy to be here. Life is crazy, so feels good to be able to pause for a moment and kind of tune out everything that's going on. So love that we've got somebody with us tonight too. Uh, you got that right. We got we got great questions from Twitter and we have a great guest as well. Uh, Tommy Blair, multiple time uh, question giver to the show and uh, all around good dude, Tommy Blair. Uh, Tommy, let everybody know before we we get into introductions and all that uh where you're at where people can find you and what you are up to yeah i appreciate that and thanks for having me on tonight um so i'm just an average fantasy football fan i don't create content anywhere i just can't get enough dynasty and i love talking about it and i asked y'all enough questions to where i finally got on the show so i appreciate you letting me on oh no man uh we love people who um, love fantasy and love dynasty and love all all aspects. Redraft best ball. We don't care. We are not a. We are. We don't segregate ourselves to just one uh, one aspect of this game. We try to be as uh, as inclusive and uh, a part of it as we can. So uh, it is good to have you on. And let's get this thing started. So, listen, the news, unfortunately, this is a slow time of the year. Unless, you know, a Cooper Cup signs a uh, $90 million extension or, you know, something like that. There's usually not a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, uh, Deshaun Watson, it's up to like 26 now, I think, 26 accusations. And... I, I don't even know what to say at this point. I, I feel like every week this is part of the news and there's one or two more accusations literally every week. At, at this point, I know I have been a person who has said, I think he'd get about six games. And that was at 22 accusations. I think at this point, uh, I got to change my stance. And we always say be fluid, you know, look at the information that's coming in and if there's enough of it to change your opinion, don't stand fast in what you believe in just because you want to be right first. I think it's going to be the whole year. I mean, at this point, the NFL just needs to, uh, I think, you know, and I I hate to bring up a situation like this and talk about, you know, uh, public relations and all that stuff, but that's kind of how the NFL has to think about this. I, I think it's just best they suspend them for the year kind of get him out of the headlines and, and pray that if anyone else is going to come forward, they come forward while he's suspended. And then 2023, he comes out there. All of this is uh, in the rear view mirror legally and through civil court. And then he can um, just play football. Uh, Drew, what do you think about this? Do you have any, uh, any other thoughts to add to this? No, we mentioned uh, Drew Davenport a couple of weeks ago and he had a good tweet yesterday uh, talking about how Watson had an opportunity to just, you know, come out, take some ownership, go through, 
some steps to to move past it and probably do uh, what you're talking about originally and have have a few games, miss a few games there. And uh, yeah, I think the future just looks bleaker and bleaker for him, which uh, is not good for anybody that's got him on roster. But yeah, outside of that, um, you know, I'm certainly unless somebody's super panicky and selling real low, I have zero interest in having him on a team um, for multiple reasons, but. You know, unless it's a super cheap rebuild buy kind of a thing, and you know I'm targeting 23 as my year to to compete, uh, I'm not I'm not really interested if somebody sends me any offers uh, to send them my way at this point. Yeah, well, what what do you think, Tommy? If I don't know if you own any shares of Deshaun Watson anywhere, but um, what do you think? Are you trying to buy? Or are you trying to sell? What What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I think you're right. You can't assume he's going to play any games if you're rostering him. Um, And it's a pretty big sunk cost for this year. And so if you're comfortable with the externalities of it, that's one thing. As it relates to fantasy, I've got him on a couple rosters, and I'm just not going to bank on any production from him. Uh, One of the things that I don't love about it, um, just strictly from a fantasy standpoint, I can't stick him on the IR in any of my leagues because he's likely to be suspended. So if you are rostering him, just know you're going to be at a slight roster disadvantage against all of your league mates. So if you're a contender, you should maybe consider if a lateral move is is in your best interest because these roster spots do matter. Yeah, and and that's a good point. And I, I don't think that's something that uh, Drew or I have have brought up during this whole process is that you're right. I think in most uh, leagues, he's just, he's on your bench and he is just sitting there getting zero points. There's, you know, in most leagues, unless the league comes down with a suspension, I know in some leagues suspended players can also be on IR, but I think the, default on most if not all platforms is that suspended players cannot be on IR so that that's a really good point and that's something you know you're right if you're a contender that is something you need to think about because um you know hey Deshaun Watson might be a flashy name to have on your roster but if he's sitting on the bench getting zero every week it does nothing for you so Let's move on. Uh, that that was all the news, unfortunately. And here we go. We talked about Deshaun Watson, and, and we got a question about Deshaun Watson. Uh, we actually, this was at us, so we uh, we're going to talk about it. This is from Leo Mergula at Leo Mergula. I hope I said that right. I probably butchered that last name. Um, this is a Dynasty Superflex League. That's all the information I got. Um, Deshaun Watson or Mac Jones and Devonta Smith. And this is an interesting one because Tommy made a great point earlier. Lateral moves. So why don't we start with you, Tommy? Is this a lateral enough move for you? You're getting Mac Jones and you're getting Devonta Smith. Two two first rounders from last year. So uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, it's an interesting trade. It's not necessarily how I would act as a Watson manager. Um, I was looking in uh, DLF and looking at some of the recent trades, and there aren't a lot, but some of them that were of note to me were 
there were pieces here and there, but it was essentially Deshaun Watson for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson for Trevor Lawrence. And there was a third one with um, Aaron Rodgers. And so if I were trading Watson away as a contender, uh, why would you not, why would you trade him if you're rebuilding? But if you're a contender, I would consider one of those moves because Mac Jones isn't really going to move the needle in your starting lineup. Yes, he's a quarterback. Yes, he has value. But what is he really going to do for you this year? And by next year, we really can't project what the situation is going to be for Watson. So it's not necessarily the move I would make. Um, however, I do like the idea of moving out of him at this point. All right, Drew, what do you think about this move? Is Mac Jones and Devonta Smith enough for you to get out of uh, a share of Deshaun Watson? Uh, it's close. It depends on what my team needs. Um, yeah, it's definitely close for me. It's one that I would probably let sit there. I, I'd let the other manager know I'm, I'm thinking about it. I would probably like to get a little bit more out of it, whether it's uh, a little heavier on the quarterback or the wide receiver side, um, depending on what your league scoring looks like. But at the end of the day, uh, just like, you know, we're watching the market change all over the place now. Uh, if you've got anything in 401k investments and stuff, and it's like at some point you just got to figure out what your risk tolerance is and, um, you know, go from there. So I think for me, on there's a team that I'm looking at right now um, where – I just missed a window that I probably should have taken an offer. I had an offer of Kirk Cousins, Deontay, and I think um, Cole Komet. And I, I could have sent uh, Watson and Juju to get that package. And I'm, I am I, I waffled a little too long. And, uh, you know, right now I'm wishing – I just went back to look to see if it was still there or if it expired. Um, you know, if I could turn the clock back a couple of days, I'd probably go back and accept that at this point. Because uh, I think if I had Kirk Cousins as my QB2 with Josh Allen on this team, then uh, the rest of my team looks pretty good, and I, I feel like I could do pretty well. So uh, I probably missed a, a window there. So at this point, I'm I'm holding to see, and we'll see if we get any kind of uh, a value bump somewhere here. But for this one, I, I could definitely get to the point where if this was offered to me in this league, um, the problem is, you know, like uh, Tommy said, he's not going to move the needle a ton because I've got Zach Wilson. Um, who else do I have in here? Uh, where is this league? Zach Wilson is my QB three right now, is what we thought when we had uh, Watson on here. Oh, yeah, and then Baker is my other quarterback. So, you know, maybe he would. Uh, maybe I, I'd trade out of him, and that way I'd feel pretty good about having Mac Jones and Josh Allen every week, and then I can play matchups between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, especially if the, the receiving core and the offense looks better in New York. Um, and then Devonta Smith, sure. I mean, I, I like him well enough. He's he's good depth for this team that I've got. So I could definitely see a situation here where I'd take that trade. All right, Drew. For, before I get into this, I want to express my extreme disappointment in you. Kirk Cousins, Deontay Johnson, may, maybe the two players we talk about more than any other on this show. You get, you get a deal where you can get both of them. You can bring them both in to your team. You wait too long. I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. I thought we were friends, but, but this wounds me. It wounds me, Drew. And I, I'll get over it, but it's going to take time. Part of why I waited is because I am so overweight in Deontay shares across my leagues. First of all, 
until you have 101% oh of Deontay shares, you are not overweight, okay? Oh, my God. You see, what, you see what I'm working with here, Tommy? That, Tommy's laughing at you, too. Tommy's like, wait a minute. You could have got Kirk Cousins and Deontay, oh and you God. let it sit. He's laughing, too. He's Tommy seems me. reasonable to me. He seems oh, reasonable. I got to be honest. I love Deontay Johnson, too. I think you missed out on one there. And this is why we bring highly intelligent guests on the timeline. You only get them here, folks. You only get them here. But let, let's get back to let's get back to Leo's question now that that I've shamed Drew. Um, man, this is this is actually really interesting to me because I, I think a lot of what Tommy said is true. It's like this is kind of the move you want to make, but it's not quite the move you want to make. But uh, again, stay fluid, people. Don't. Don't get take lock and don't get yourself in a position where you you hurt your teams just to try to prove that you're right all the time. I said last week, I, I still want full Deshaun Watson prices. I'm not giving out discounts. I'm not doing this. And in the last two weeks, there's been four new accusers. My goodness. I mean... Do I have faith he's going to play in the NFL again? Yes, I do. I think at some point in the future of this world, he will play in the NFL again. But my goodness, man, this this is getting, this this is when I thought he was getting suspended for six games. You know, this is, and now, not only do I think he's getting suspended for a year, but you know, there there was the New York Times article that said that he maybe had hired 66 different masseuses in a 17-month period. We're at 26. Like, there's a potential that there's 40 more of these things that can come out literally at any time. That scares me. Um, so, Mac Jones and Devonta Smith, I don't love that deal, but I'm kind of I'm kind of also with Drew. Can I get a second on that? Can I get a? Uh, try, I'm trying to think of kind of a. Can you can you give me a Brandon Cooks? Everybody hates Brandon Cooks. Can you give me a Brandon Cooks along with that? You know, you don't you don't like him anyway. I know it because you know all the people that have Brandon Cooks either. We'll never trade him or we'll trade him at the first chance that they have for anything that is living and breathing. So, you know, can I get something like that where it's just like, give me a little something extra. So I go, okay, I got, I got Mac Jones. who will be fine. You know, you're, you're never going to get excited about Mac Jones, but he's never going to hurt you either. Um, Devonta Smith, who, you know, depends on who you talk to, but, the Eagles offense could be uh, something that we get excited about. And that, you know, those 2023 20, seconds, which man, they're just going to get, you know, <laughs> worth more and more every day. Uh, I, I think that's where, I, where I would go on this. I would, I would probably settle for that Mac Jones and Devonta Smith, but I also, you know, I also think I wouldn't hesitate asking for a little bit more just to uh, just to give me a, a little bit of a smile on my face as I as I trade away Deshaun Watson. 
So, uh, Leo, I hope that helps. And um, I, I hope we we gave you some some good uh, good advice there, some good information. Uh, before I before I get into this next uh, question, I want to give out a little bit of a, a PSA, okay? And you'll understand why I'm giving this PSA before asking this question. Drew and I, we do this show every week. We give our opinions. I don't think Drew or I have ever claimed to be uh, 100% accurate. No one is. It's okay. Don't, don't get mad if someone comes to you on Twitter or in a group me chat and goes, hey, man, I heard you say this. I don't think you're right. Cool. If you can have a good conversation, get the other side. Get the information from the other side. Because even if it doesn't change your mind, you're a little bit smarter for the task. Don't don't yell at people on Twitter. Don't, you know, be derogatory. It makes no sense. I, I had two good friends of mine, two very smart people. Bobby Koch, Rocky Petrella come at me and they said, hey, you said some stuff on the show. Don't agree with you. I'm like, you know what? I could be dead wrong. I think I'm right. I think I have good reasons on why I'm right. But we had a good conversation. I heard the other side. Both of those guys are really smart. They come armed with information. And I said, you know what? I still feel the way I feel. But I appreciate the fact that you guys kind of gave me the other side of the conversation. And I, I'm bringing this PSA because I feel like this is a very, uh, a tale as old as time, as they say, uh, in the Disney movies. And I want to get your guys' opinion on it. So this is from Wyatt at Wyatt B underscore FF. I am firmly on the, it's better to draft handcuffs of your opponent's running backs than your own side of the discussion. I think it's the clear higher upside option as it gives you the possibility of getting additional high-end options as opposed to locking up a single backfield. So, Drew, why don't we start with you on this one? Are you team get the other guy's handcuffs, or are you team let me back up my own dude? I think in in principle, I, I agree. I would rather have the diversity there and have a couple of extra shots at some value, some trade value down the line. Uh, if all things go well with my running backs and uh, again, it all depends on how you draft your, your initial running backs um, for a while. I, I guess a couple guys have come to mind, you know, if I have Nick Chubb, I have no problem having Kareem hunt as well, though. I'm not going to pass if he's a decent value, you know, six rounds later or something like that. If I have Zeke, I'm fine taking Tony Pollard a little bit later on. If he's a decent value there versus, you know, the other end of it. Um, because it depends again on how do you build your team? If I feel good, um, you know, maybe I feel good at wide receiver and I feel good at tight end and, you know, quarterback is decent and running back is really my only question mark. I don't know. I, I guess I could always, I feel like I could always add whether through fab or some other trades later on, if I need to get a, a lower end running back. But if, if I have a guy like Kareem Hunt that I know will turn into an RB one, if Nick Chubb is gone for a few weeks, I'm good with that. So uh, for me, it depends, but I think in, in most cases, I would like to have more opportunities for value spikes, um, but I certainly uh, am not going to, you know, 
get upset at somebody saying, you know, in this, in these scenarios, uh, I want to have both, or maybe that's how the draft fell to you. And if it did, God bless you. If you're able to get Tony Pollard and Kareem hunt and you own Zeke or, or Chubb as your RB one, because you decided to build differently. I think you'll still have a lot of fun. Cause guess what? There'll be some weeks you might get to start both, both the Browns running backs and still score well. So uh, that's, that's kind of my, my long answer to that. So, so here's a question. Cause you, you named uh, a couple of guys that I, I think have some standalone value. You, you named uh, Tony Pollard and Kareem Hunt. So we're, we're deeper in a startup here. You have Christian McCaffrey. Are you more likely to take an Alexander Madison? You don't have Dalvin cook. Or are you more likely to take a Chuba Hubbard? Let, let's assume that you have both of these guys kind of graded equally. I, I think you're like me. You probably have Madison higher. But let's just for the sake of the conversation say you have them both in the same tier. Oh, gosh. Um, in a perfect world, I'd have Dalvin and I'd be, I'd be faced with <laughs> choosing Madison or Hubbard. In okay. Case, you know, we'll what? switch it be... then. We'll switch it. We'll give you Dalvin <laughs> Cook. You got Dalvin now. Uh, I would probably take Chuba in that okay. scenario. Cool. Because um, I don't, I don't know that Madison is guaranteed. A couple seasons ago, it felt like he was a lock. If Dalvin goes down to be, you know, he's going to do 15, 20 points for a game or two while Dalvin's out. Um, for uh, the other side of it, I just don't have a good opinion of, of CMC's health. So I, I would take Chuba there, and it would be pretty quick for me. Cool. All right, Tommy, where are you on this uh, conversation? Are you team uh, backup my own guy, or are you team, hey, let me grab the other guy's uh, backup? So I get the argument for both, honestly. Um, but we need to keep an eye on what it is we're trying to accomplish. We're not trying to be the sixth best team. We're not, we're not trying to be the fourth best team. We are looking for asymmetrical upside. That means we want to have as many handcuffs as we can. Yes, if our starter goes down, it would be great to have the backup. Yes, if someone else's starter goes down, you can almost double up, right? You have your starter and now you have what used to be their starter in your lineup. So in redraft, I love grabbing other people's uh, handcuffs. The benches are shorter. You can usually grind through running backs pretty easily, and you can't trade, right? It's really tough to trade in redraft. In that scenario where I'm looking at Madison or Chuba or Donta Foreman or whoever, I would honestly rather trade out of that spot and take a second or a third round pick, and then I would pick somebody up after the draft because – People don't value these second and third string running backs like they should. People tend to roster far too many wide receivers or quarterbacks or tight ends that may never make a difference. And we see pretty radical value spikes out of these backup running backs when the starters get hurt. And we know that out of the top 24 running backs, about half of them miss at least three games every single year. And so we know it's going to happen. We don't know who it's going to be. So handcuffing your own versus somebody else's is not necessarily a predictive strategy. So what I try to do is I roster as few of the inconsequential positions as I can. And that's usually wide receivers in the format that I'm playing. And so if I have to start three receivers and there's an opportunity for a flex, let's say, I will only roster five, maybe six receivers because 
the wide receiver 40 isn't that different from the wide receiver 24. However, if I have, let's say, 10 total players between my quarterbacks, my tight ends, and my wide receivers, and I'm in a 25-man roster league, that leaves me 15 spots for running backs. I may only have two starters, but if I have 13 backups, it's very likely that I have your backups and probably mine too. And when they pop, I can trade them, right? I can get, let's say I go into the season with a few extra third round picks. I can flip uh, Khalil Herbert and a third and grab a second. I can just rinse and repeat with all the cheap folks on the waiver wire. And I don't even have to worry about whose they are. And let's say, you know, both of my starters go down and for whatever reason, I don't have enough starting running backs, but I've got two running back slots that I need to fill. I do have this backed up draft capital that I can throw at the position to fill just for that one week. And so my strategy is not so much to focus on whose handcuffs I'm holding. It's to grab the free ones, the really cheap ones that I can throw $1 bids at because those are the players that yield the best results. I didn't pay anything for them, and I, I can cash out on a weekly basis. And I love that strategy. It's honestly the strategy I usually play with. I, I love to load up on running backs. Um, I am I very much go against the grain. Uh, you know, zero RB or hero RB is a very popular strategy. I'm usually the opposite. I'll usually turn the other way and go heavy RB early because I want as many shots as the big time running backs, knowing that I'm probably going to get, I'm probably going to get sunk on a couple. Cause like Tommy said, they're going to get injured. They're going to get hurt. Um, but then I, I, I like to hit them late too. Like, give me a James white. Like give me a, uh, you know, who, who's, who's even the backup in New York. I don't know. Give me that guy too, because Saquon, does not have a good injury history. Give me the backup in Carolina. Christian McCaffrey hasn't had a good injury history. Like, keep giving, you know what? Maybe they stink. Maybe Christian McCaffrey plays 15 games this season. That dude never sniffs the field. Saquon plays 15 games. That dude never sniffs the field. Cool. I probably took him in the 13th round. Fine. I got goosed. It'll happen. But if Saquon goes down for three games straight and that guy comes out, like Tommy said, I trade that guy for a second. I trade that guy for a third and a fourth. I trade that guy for the rookie that we all thought was going to blow up that hasn't quite done it yet. You know, kind of like Justin Jefferson did in his rookie year where he kind of really didn't wake up till what was that like week eight. And then, you know, that's what I'm doing. I, you know, ex exploit those weaknesses, but I'm actually not on either one of these teams. I'm on team. Get me the best player. If I have Zeke and Tony Pollard is the best player on my board, Tony Pollard, come on down. Like I'm not, I'm not bypassing you just because you just happen to be my guy's backup. And like I said earlier, let's not use Tony Pollard. Cause I think he does have some standalone value, but if I've drafted Dalvin cook, and Alexander Madison is the best guy on my board. Come on, like I'm I'm not bypassing you strictly because I already have the presumed starter uh on my roster already. Because it yeah, Tommy made a good point. And redraft, you're hardly making trades, you're not doing it. But in Dynasty, who's gonna who's gonna have more value? 
Alexander Madison, or maybe I drop a tier and get someone else's backup. Throughout the year, Alexander Madison is still going to have more presumed value if both players in this situation don't step onto the field. You know, so give me the guy that's got a little bit more inherent value, and I will, you know, I'll deal with that as the year comes. But but I, I love this debate because both sides make valid arguments, and you know, I like I said, I love debate. I love hearing what people have to say. I love getting people's mindsets on. Uh, a whole variety of topics. So it, it's always good to see the debates. Uh, before we go to the next one, though, we got, got a question in the chat from Dynasty Scissor. I love that name. Uh, yo, big fan of the show. Well, appreciate that, Scissor. Uh, would you give a 23 first for Rashad Bateman? And would you do a 23 second for Kadarius Tony? 12 team super flex format. So let's let's break this down. First of all, we'll um we'll go with the uh, first part of the question first. A 23 first for Rashad Bateman. This is a this is very interesting. Um why don't we why don't we start with uh Drew on this one? A random 23 first or Rashad Bateman first. Oh, he says the first and he has Nothing else to say about it. Tommy, for me. What, do you, what do you think here? Is it the 23 first or is it Rashad Bateman? First, Dynasty Scissor is a great name. So congratulations on that. that. <laughs> I, I love that name. Um, yeah, for me, I really struggle to acquire players that haven't done it yet. And I know we're all excited about Bateman. He's got a great opportunity. He's got the draft capital. But those players are... 55, 45 bets. I don't, I don't like to make that, especially with an asset like a 23 first, you're going to be able to get so much more for that. If you just wait a little bit longer, I I would try to find another asset to trade for something like a Brandon cooks, because that's going to carry you through this year. And in 2023, you're going to be a lot happier that you have the pick. Tommy invoking the name of Brandon cooks. I love it. I love it. God, this is so interesting because when I read this, and I love these questions because you kind of have to go off the top of your head. You don't get to research. You don't get to look up previous trades. I actually thought Rashad Bateman. And then I pulled back, you know, just kind of initial gut was like Rashad Bateman. And then I kind of pulled back and I said, would I give up a 23 first if this was presented to me? Would I give up my 23 first? And I don't think I would do it. I mean, we just hear about the 23 first. By the way, we've heard about the 23 first for two years. So it's, it, this is nothing new. But, you know, in 2021, it's like, wow, after this draft, 2023 is going to be really good. And then we went through the 2021 season, then 2020, or excuse me, went through the 2020 season. Then it was like, all right, the 2021 season, we're here. Oh, God, 2022 stinks. This this is not good. 2023, everybody, every first-round pick is going to be amazing. Like, like we went from there's going to be a lot of good players in 2023 to, like, you literally can't miss on the 2023 first-round pick. And guess what? As we start playing these games in 2022, 
that value is just going to go up. <laughs> that it's not going to go down. We're we're not going to say, "Wow, Bijan Robinson, he's not good anymore. He he stinks." And you know, uh, you know, the all the quarterbacks we're talking about, oh, they they just stink. And, and the funny thing is, is like probably one or two of the guys we're kind of hyping up right now are not going to have good seasons. It just kind of always happens that way. But what else always happens is one or two guys that we're not talking about have phenomenal seasons and they kind of start moving their way into the conversation. So, um, yeah, I think honestly, I don't think I have to give up a 23 first for Rashad Bateman. Um, and I think if I, if I, I mean, at least not today, not on, what is this June 15th, we're not, we're not setting lineups for three more months. Maybe, you know, August 15th, we're looking at this and Rashad Bateman has been killing it in training camp and he's had a couple of really good preseason games and we're like, wow, Rashad Bateman, you know, Lamar Jackson loves him. Maybe. I'm not saying yes, I'm saying maybe. But I think if on 615, I have to give up a first round pick today to get a wide receiver with my 23 first, I think I can do better than Rashad Bateman. Uh, so yeah, I, I go with the first, even though initially I will say I, I, my gut said Rashad Bateman until I thought about it. So let's, let's break down this second part, a 23 second for Kadarius Tony. I'm going to start this one off. Cause guess what? Everybody knows how I feel about Kadarius Tony. I'm not doing it. You can do better with that 23 second. Tommy brought up the name, Brandon cooks, get yourself Brandon cooks. You want a guy that can actually play the game of football, give up your 23 second. Get yourself Brandon Cooks. Leave Kadarius Tony. Yeah, he's going to have one game where he has 180 yards and two. That's your time to sell the guy. And, you know, because the other 16 weeks, he's probably going to have 180 yards and two touchdowns combined. But that's when you sell him. Don't, don't buy Kadarius Tony. Don't do that to yourself. Don't give yourself that headache. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? Uh, 23 second or Kadarius Tony? Yeah, so this one's interesting. And when we're talking about upside, Tony has it, right? He is capable of putting up these blow-up games. And I personally don't really care about consistency. Rookies struggle initially. He was able to do something that very few rookies can. Is he worth a 23-second? I mean, that's that's tough. If you have the other position set and you've got four really strong receivers and you want to build in some upside... I would pay a 23 second in that situation. Um, it's, it's something where you have to be willing to just throw that second in the trash. You know, it's, it's a, it's a risk, but if he hits, I mean, first round pick capable of putting up that type of a stat line, you could have something there and someone has to emerge out of that wide receiver core. Why not Tony? All right. So, so we got uh one hell no, we got one, Maybe depending on your team. Let's see, Drew. What 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 are you at on this one? Twenty three second or Kadarius Tony? Well, I I took a twenty three second from our own uh, Russ Fisher uh, Dynasty Outhouse for Kadarius Tony a couple months ago. So I would absolutely take the twenty three second for so damn smart Drew's Kadarius so smart. Tony now. Um, so smart. Yeah, I. I have I actually have him in our sleeper league, Josh, and I missed my window last year when he had that big game. I told and, you. Uh, 
I told you. You did not. You did not. Uh, uh, hey, you bring back the tape. I told everybody after that game, <laughs> get the first because you're going to get a first from him because everybody's like, here comes Kadarius Tony, and he was asleep at the wheel for the rest of the season. But you, you can roll back the tape later. Keep going. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I I, I am. I'm definitely hanging on to those 23 picks until I get into the season to see what I can get for him and uh, hopefully address a better need. You know, if it happens to be a wide receiver and, you know, maybe he starts off uh, with a game or two, I think you could still slide the skepticism into the trade, into the comments there and maybe get him for that still. Uh, or again, you know, Josh and I right now, uh, I don't know if anybody in our league's listening, but we're, we're looking at trying to get, you know, like a Josh Jacobs or a David Montgomery or something like that for, a 23 second and you know you get a team that's maybe realize it's not contending they want an extra pick next year week five six seven eight in there all of a sudden that 23 third to get some age and some points off their team i think uh you'll find a piece that you need and yeah i, I love that idea of brandon cooks that you mentioned earlier too i uh, did that in the og listener league last year with our own run dff justin uh he he gave me brandon cooks so i was a little surprised he gave gave him up for that second um, but that definitely helped, uh, get me to the finish line there. So, uh, yeah, at this point I would have to feel like you're giving me more than what that second will be valued in six months. Yeah. And, and don't, you know, our, our, our debt network brother, uh, at run DFF, uh, Justin Rogers, he, he's, a, he's a very good dynasty player. I've actually seen him rebuild some dumpster fire teams into some juggernauts. I I totally get why he gave up the 23 second or why he took the 23 second for Brandon cooks. You guys were going in two totally different directions. He, he knew his team wasn't it. He got, you know, he got a pick, he got that asset and you were obviously making a run for the championship. So you got the, uh, you got the points. And I, I actually feel like in that situation, it's a very good trade for both sides. Um, I don't know what he did with the second. That would be fun to check out and see what happened with it. It's a good question. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, in the moment, I think that's a very good trade for both sides because um, you both kind of got what you needed uh, in the trade. He got uh, himself a Desmond Ritter with my pick. I don't hate that. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen in Atlanta. I mean, it's Marcus Mariota for now. I, yep. I actually actually think that might be his legal last name for now. Um, so, I mean, we could see Desmond Ritter, like, halfway through the season. If they start 1-7, and 2-6, like, they throw Desmond Ritter out there to see if he's got anything. Uh, if he does, cool. They'll use their top three pick to uh, figure something else out. And if he stinks out loud, they have they have a top three pick, and they're getting a quarterback. So, um, yeah, I think that's I think that's actually a good uh, a good move there um, with that pick. So, uh, yeah, we got this one from uh, John McGlynn at work watching my man crush Josh. I appreciate you, John. I love you too, John. Um, he had me on his show where I, where I got to talk about uh, my Dallas Cowboys. I, I usually don't get to do too much uh, real life NFL talking, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, there were some great people on that show. Uh, 
Hutchinson Brown, which uh, he's all over the place. That I mean, he's in high school and he's just grinding like an animal, doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, Steffi Smalls was on that show. Uh, Jorge from uh, Fantasy and Glasses was on that show too. Like just really smart people. I don't know why he invited me because it's like three really smart people and then me just uh, shouting nonsense. I mean, luckily it was an NFC East show, so I had all the good players. I didn't have to like work too hard, but um. It, it was that was a good time. I love John, so I appreciate you watching, man. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Nick at Nick Robin Sports. Who are you choosing as your QB one in a dynasty super flex setup? All right, so we got five choices here: Trey Lance, Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, and Russell Wilson. All right, let me let me start this one off. And you guys can tell me if you disagree with me. Can we not Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen Hurts off the list? Tommy's nodding yes. Drew Absolutely. is quizzically. I'd, I'd leave. Uh, I'd leave Hurts in that list personally. Okay, so um, uh, Tommy and I are right. Drew is just adding people for no reason, but that's fine. That's fine. We're, that's what we're here for. Um, so I think Dak and Russ have the uh, the history of putting up points plus the uh, security that you would like out of a QB1 in Dynasty Superflex. But, man, I, as much as this pains me to say, I think it's got to be Russ if if. I'm on the clock. These five quarterbacks are available, and I know I'm taking one. I think it's got to be Russ. I mean, the team around him is just built for fantasy goodness. I mean, the weapons. You're talking about, yeah, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick has been known to put up some weeks. They have Javante Williams. They re-signed Melvin Gordon. The offensive line is good. They got Albert O as a athletic tight end. There's kind of like no holes on the offensive side of this team, which, I mean, if you're picking a fantasy quarterback, I think that's what you're looking for. Dallas is a little like they had to let a few guys from the offensive line go. Amari Cooper gets traded. There, there are questions there. And while I really think, I, I don't think there's a question of, does Dak end up as a top 10 fantasy QB? I think there's questions of like 10 is probably like, it's kind of like the floor and the ceiling for Dak. Like you don't expect them to be too much lower than that, but you don't really expect them to be too much higher than that. And I think Russ is in a position where he could be like top three. I think that's his ceiling is like top three. So, and his floor is probably like top eight. So give me that guy. <laughs> give me the guy with the higher floor and the higher ceiling over a guy that I love. He plays for my team, but I mean, this is fantasy. I'm not worried about, you know, what my team is doing. I'm worried about what uh the the players on my squad are doing uh fantasy point wise. What do you think here, Tommy? Um is it Dak for you or is it uh is it Russ Wilson for you? Yeah, let's walk through this. Um so we're looking for our QB1 on a Superflex team. So we have very little room for error. We need to shoot for these pretty probable outcomes. And so I agree. I'm knocking off 
um, Lance, Lawrence, and Hertz. Either they haven't done it or they haven't done it enough to really feel confident in that profile. So that leaves me with the two quarterbacks you're talking about there, um, Dak and Russ. So when I'm looking at quarterbacks in Superflex, I do prefer that they have weapons, that they have a long contract, and that they have a history of production. Dak has all of those things. Two years ago, before he got hurt, he was on pace for 6,000 yards. So we know that he does have a pretty high ceiling. Russ has been a top 12 quarterback, I think, every single year of his career, except for last year when he got hurt. So he has that incredible history of production. However, he is going to a new offense. And two, three years ago, when Tom Brady went to Tampa, it took him six or eight games to really get rolling. And so if I were doing a startup today and I was faced with this, I would lean toward Dak. I think I'm going to get out of the gate a little bit quicker because Dak has been in this offense. He understands it. He's got great weapons. Zeke is healthy again. I just feel a little bit more confident that early in the season, if I wanted to, I could probably trade Dak for Wilson and a, a little sweetener on top. I like I like that. I like that. So we got one vote, one vote for Russ. We got one vote for Dak. Drew, let's completely screw Nick up and tell us why Jalen Hurts is your uh, is your QB one. Well, if I'm really looking at these five, I'm probably sitting at like the 107 right now. If yeah, Dak is so. still there, maybe 108, something like that, depending on again what your tight end premium is. Somebody threw early picket pits or something like that. So if I'm sitting in the, you know, three quarters of the way through the first round, two thirds of the way through the first round, I think I gamble and take my favorite position player here and hope that maybe Russ drops to me after the turn and feel pretty dang good about Hertz dropping to me after the turn. And then like Tommy said, you know, we don't know what happens. So there's definitely unpredictability with Hertz, but I think uh, he will start off pretty, pretty fast as well. So I think there'll be people that would have a, a demand for him too. Uh, especially with that Konami code built in. So that would be my uh, my narrative that I'd put on this to say why I'd probably take Hertz or end up with Hertz. But uh, if it's just straight these five, and I, I know maybe maybe I'm going to trade my next pick away, whatever, who knows, then uh, I, I'm with Tommy. I, I think I go Dak here for the stability, weapons around him. Um, you know, I expect Gallup to come back healthy at some point. Hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, I really like that guy, and I, I think he'll he'll really compliment Lamb well. Seems you know I know you're not a, the biggest Schultz fan at tight end, but I think he'll do just fine. Um, so, and I think they'll be in some good some good competitive games with what's in the NFC East. There'll be a couple ugly ones, but uh, you know, like Tommy said, he I think Dak has got the talent to to make it work and, and break into the top I don't know six to eight pretty easily uh, if things go fairly well. It's not like the stars have to align for him to get there. So Nick, we got uh we got two votes for Dak, uh, the uh, the Cowboy fan. Tommy, what 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 is your NFL team? Who is your NFL team? So I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, nothing embarrassing <laughs> about that. Nothing. They got Trevor Lawrence. They finally got themselves a competent head coach. You, off season was a little little iffy but you got you guys are making moves you guys are trying to find your way back I don't don't be ashamed of your team love your team love your team uh so the only the only uh Cowboys fan <laughs> picked, picked Russ so 
There, there you go, Nick. Uh, you can uh, you got two to one on Dak if you're choosing that QB one in your Superflex startup. Uh, let's move on. This next one here is from StatWiz at StatWiz. Allen, Herbert, and Mahomes are off the board. Who are you taking at QB four? I like this has been kind of QB heavy today on the show, and I like it because. Uh, we all play in, in the super flex leagues and I think it's starting to become more and more popular every year. So, uh, Drew, why, why don't you start us off here? QB four, your, your boy, Josh Allen, he's gone. Patrick Mahomes, he's gone. Justin Air Bear, he's gone. Three mm. guys gone. Who do you have? You need that quarterback, man. Super flex. You're at the 104. You ain't getting Jalen Hurts. When you wrap it around in the second round, you need that quarterback. Who are you taking? Oh, man. QB four. I like some of the criteria that, that Tommy mentioned earlier. I think that's the blend that we're looking for. Young, stable, has weapons, right? Athletic. Um I I am I am fine with an older quarterback as my QB two. I'm not the type of person that's going to go out and grab Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady as a QB one as they move forward. So I I mean that brings me down into probably the Matthew Stafford and the guy we just talked about, Dak Prescott. You know those kind of guys. Um, I don't know that I'm in a place where I'm going to throw Joe Burrow up there yet. Uh, I like Joe Burrow and I love watching him, so I'd like to have him on more teams. But that feels like a little bit early there. So I. I would say probably, um, I don't know, some people are probably going to skewer me here because I'm throwing, I'm not taking Kyler. I'm not a huge fan there. Uh, outside of that, the only other guy I could see is maybe Lamar. I could take Lamar there for similar reasons as why I like Hurts. You know, he's a little bit more established. Um, so I, out of that group, I would probably take Lamar at my, my four because I like the guy. But I think you can make some arguments depending on, again, what your scoring looks like and uh, if you have personal preference. But It'd be somewhere in the mix of Stafford, Lamar, Dak for me going into this. And I think I landed Lamar. All right. So we got we got a vote for Lamar. Tommy, who do you got here? Is it uh is it Lamar? Is it Dak? Is it somebody else? Who who do you got here? Yeah, so this is a tough question, right? I think there is a pretty well defined tier at the top um, between those three quarterbacks. And if you're sitting at the four spot in a startup. Of course, people are going to try to trade down because there is uh, seemingly a larger second tier of quarterbacks. I've seen people take Joe Burrow this high. I personally think that's a disaster. Um, I don't think he has the wheels to to get you at least 300 yards anymore. Um, I, he would have to throw fifth touchdowns to really elevate to the point where he is the QB1. So I'm not even considering him here, even though I've seen it a few times. And so that leaves me with two options, in my opinion, uh, one being Kyler um, and the other being Lamar. They both offer just incredible upside. The things that concern me with them, it seems like Kyler wears down. And although Lamar has been extremely efficient and they did, I think they were what, like eighth in pass attempts last year. He did do that, but we did not see a great passer. So he still has a little developing to do as well, and neither of them have that long-term contract yet. And so I'm a little uncertain at this point. Um, 
but I would lean Lamar as well, just because it seems like they're they're a pretty stable organization. They want to build an offense that works with him for the long term. He is improving year over year. And he did have that crazy season two or three years ago where he just broke fantasy. Yeah, so this was an interesting question because when I was kind of looking at the list of quarterbacks, obviously those top three guys, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Justin Herbert, you're just like, yeah, those are the three guys. And then I was like, all right, let's see who's going, who's going on after this. And then like four through 10, four through 12. I'm like, I kind of like all these guys. <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of wouldn't mind any of these guys, which, you know, leads to Tommy's point where it's like, there is this second class of quarterback where it's just, you can make a case for a lot of different guys. And then I hated this question because I had to do a lot of, uh, a lot of back and forth with myself, but um, I'm going to make it three for three here. I'm going to go Lamar. Um, we always talk about you want your first round pick to uh, be the guy that you know you can rely on. The guy who you know is going to get you points and is going to be the foundation for your entire team. And Lamar actually, I mean, he can be that. We've seen him be that. But there's a lot of risk with Lamar. Can Lamar stay healthy? We saw last year. You know, that style will catch up with you. And then, you know, what, what is this Baltimore offense going to be? We, we saw them throw more than I think they had in the last 10 seasons. But there was no J.K. Dobbins. There was no Gus Edwards. We were, we were talking about guys like Mark Ingram for a little bit, uh, Devonta Freeman for a little bit, uh, you know other various people that I choose to block out of my mind because it's Latavius. Latavius Murray. You say, I chose to block these people out of my mind, Drew. Um, so obviously when you're, when your running back court is decimated, you, you got to throw the ball. So um, is that going to happen again? Are they going to stick with that? If Gus Edwards is back, if JK Dobbins is back, that's kind of a wait and see. So there's some question marks, but man, we've seen Lamar run and pass just things of beauty. We, we've seen him put that season together where he is QB one MVP. And I, I don't think it's really far fetched for him to do that again. Um, you know, they have, uh, they have Rashad Bateman, who we spoke about earlier. They have uh, Mark Andrews, who is, um, I think, most people's dynasty tight end one. Uh, and then they go ahead and they draft two more tight ends, just in case uh, you didn't like seeing Mark Andrews all the time, uh, in Isaiah Likely and, oh boy, why am I forgetting oh, the other guy? Bobby's uh, Charlie Kolar. Charlie Polar. And I, I am embarrassed that I forgot that name because um, he's actually a guy that I've tried to pick up at the end of a lot of drafts. Uh, so apologies, Charlie. I know you watch the show. Um, but yeah, like maybe they will. Maybe they said, listen, we're going to run that 13 personnel, you know, because we don't see that in the league. So we're, you want to run 12? We're going to run 13. Here you go. 
Uh, so maybe they do. You know, that, that there's question marks around them. But honestly, I just think out of all the quarterbacks that kind of make up that second tier, he has all of the tools to uh, put together a QB1 season. And it doesn't, like uh, I believe like Tommy said, it doesn't need to be on him throwing 50 touchdowns. It can be on him rushing 4,000 yards and rushing for uh, six to eight touchdowns on top of whatever he does in the passing game. So three for three, we go Lamar. Uh, stat whiz, I hope that helps. Uh, and we're going to go right here to Gerald Bawayan. I, I mess up people's last names, and I feel legitimately bad for it. Uh, at Gerald Dynasty 1. In a Dynasty startup, assume PPR and tight end premium. Which wide receiver, tight end duo would you prefer? George Kittle and Terry McLaurin? Or Deontay Johnson and Darren Waller. I knew you were going to put this on here. And and Tommy, I'm going to let you go first because I can't sit here and have Drew just disparage the name of Deontay Johnson like he has so many times in the past. So I want you to go first so we can hear some good things about Deontay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So I looked at this for a while. And honestly, like I went through the numbers. When you add the tight end premium and you look at the points per game for Kittle and McLaurin versus Deontay and Waller, they're almost identical. And so I started thinking, what are we trying to accomplish here? What is the goal of potentially doing this trade, right? Because if you have one, would you trade it for the other? And I don't really get what the goal is. If we're looking at Kittle and Waller, they have approximately the same age, um, similar production profiles, and McLaurin and Deontay aren't that different either. And so if you're looking to upgrade at tight end by doing this swap, I don't think you're accomplishing that. If you're looking to gain value, I don't think you're doing that either. The only benefit I see is I like Deontay a little bit more than McLaurin. And so I got to thinking, all right, so if our goal is to upgrade tight end, why not just package these two for Mark Andrews and see if that will get it done? Or you could try Kyle Pitts as well. I doubt that would, but I think you need to have a goal here with what it is you're trying to accomplish. Um, I personally, if I had to choose, I suppose I would lean slightly on the Deontay Johnson and Waller side. What do you guys think? All right, Drew, go, go say some bad things about Deontay Johnson so I can click clean it up afterwards. So what I heard is that uh, Deontay and McLaurin are basically the same. They, they, see, this is this is why we can't have you on the show because Tommy <laughs> said Deontay's better. That's why we can't have you on the show. Um, yeah, I, I looked at this one for a while as well, and I agree, Tommy. I don't know that it really, without more context, I guess, uh, knowing what you're going after here, um, I I would probably take. Uh, the Deontay and Waller side, like the majority did. Um, I I appreciate that I know who Waller's quarterback is going to be. I appreciate knowing that uh, even though he may lose a few targets, he's still going to have some high-value targets throughout the year. Um, I appreciate that he is going to be uh, on the team that is the fourth team in that division that's always trying to fight back in games for at least six or seven games of the season. So I feel pretty good about getting uh, some opportunities for volume there. 
And yeah, I mean, Deontay's basically shown that he's quarterback proof. Like he, he can take whatever, uh, you know, is thrown to him in the, the short and intermediate and he'll make something out of it. So uh, I'll take that. And yeah, I mean, Deontay's a couple years younger than McLaurin at this point. Like Lauren's what pushing 28 Deontay's pushing 25, 26. So I'll, I'll take the youth there and I'm, I'm fine with Waller as an older tight end. Um, yeah. I, I think he's, he's got a lot more time than maybe people give him credit for because of how long it took him to finally figure things out personally and professionally. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say this is a 54 46 split. I would say probably, Seven out of ten times, I take the the Deontay Waller side, and I might mix it up a couple times, just see what happens for the other side. So, Drew, I just I want to correct you on one thing that you said. You said you were um, unsure on who Terry McLaurin's quarterback is going to be after Week Six. Is going to be Sam Howell when that team is like one in five, and they just they just give up on Carson Wentz. Um, that that and that was strictly for. Our boy will mention him again at Run DFF. Uh, Justin Rogers, him and I went back and forth uh, about Sam Howell. We had a good time. I love going back and forth on like totally meaningless players. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, but you both, you and Tommy, should be politicians. You guys were very, you know, you were very complimentary. You, you said uh, you liked all these guys pretty much the same. It was just a slight, you know, bump to the Deontay side. I, saw I said 70-30. That, that's not a bump. That's 70, more than two to one. 70-30. I mean, you, listen, you made, you made uh, George Kittle and Tara McLaurin's families feel nice about giving them 30% of the time. So I saw this trade, and I was like, wow. Is Deontay and Waller? I, I, I didn't even have to think about it. I mean, I think George Kittle and um, Darren Waller are very similar players. And Tommy mentioned when he looked at the stats that they're you know pretty similar players, similar ages. So that to me is just kind of like net neutral. That's whatever. I think Deontay is. I think he's a better wide receiver than Terry McLaurin. I think the statistics have shown that. Pretty much every year that Deontay's been in the league, he's been better than Terry McLaurin, maybe minus uh, Deontay's rookie year. Um, and Drew, you brought up the fact, like, not only who's the quarterback, eh, maybe it's Carson Wentz, maybe it, it, it's Taylor Heineke, maybe it's Sam Howe, who the hell knows. Uh, but Jahan Dotson is there now. And Terry McLaurin has never really had a number two that you go, Okay, like this guy might be able to to do some things. You know, we we've always tried to push these uh, not so great players into that role. You know, our Antonio Gandy Goldens, our um, Amari Rogers, and those guys never really had it. Jahan Dotson was taken with the 16th pick in the first round, I think. So Washington thinks he he has it. Like they're. This isn't a third round guy that they're just hoping that has some tools and can go out there and make some plays. Uh, they really believe uh, Jahan Dotson is uh, can be maybe not just the number two, but the number one, because with Terry McLaurin's contract situation, who knows if he's even on Washington. <laughs> we could be talking about him somewhere else, and then this conversation totally changes. But for right now, he, he is in Washington, and with some you know, some 
battle for targets here, I, I think it's I think it's Deontay. Uh, you know, I know people are going to mention that the Steelers drafted two uh, two wide receivers, but okay, <laughs> Deontay is still that dude. I don't care. You draft ten wide receivers, Deontay is still that dude. So. Um, I appreciate you guys giving uh, giving the uh, the very political point of view. I'll uh, I'll be a little bit more. I think this is Deontay and Waller. I, you know, I would do this ten out of ten times. I know Drew said seven out of ten. Uh, I think I'd do it ten out of ten. But like you said, Drew, fifty four to forty six percent. So listen, you like Deontay Johnson. Maybe maybe you can swing a deal like this. You know, that's that's what that's what I like getting out of these polls is like, all right, like what is everyone else thinking? And obviously you have like your troll percentage who's voting the opposite way, but you probably have your troll percentage on both sides pretty pretty much equally to balancing this out. So um yeah, go for it. I mean, if you're but hey, if you're a Terry McLaurin fan, do this too. Like See if you can put together this exact deal or a deal very similar and see if you can get your guy. Uh, so on, on to the next one here. We talk, we talk about the DAT network all the time because we're a part of it and we're proud to be a part of it. Uh, this, is, this is from one of our brothers in the DAT network, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Thinking about starting a new dynasty league. Who's got some good bylaws I can use as a base document? Uh, I I only um, I only commissioned one league, and I actually did it as a favor for a friend um, because I commissioned leagues for like 15 years, and it is a tough and thankless job. <laughs> and I got tired of doing it, and I stopped doing it. And uh, I'm commissioning one league for uh, for a friend, but I'm I'm gonna shout out the uh, the league docs that I stole. Uh, I didn't steal. I was I was giving them nicely. But uh, Bill at Super Duper Flex, he gave he gave me his league bylaws, and he commissions I don't know ten leagues, twelve leagues. I don't even know how many leagues. He commissions a bunch of leagues. Um, I just read through them, and I um, you know, I adapt them for the the league that I wanted, the rules that I wanted. But the base document, I didn't make a lot of changes to it, to be honest. You know, I, I just kind of made changes for a number of teams. Uh, some of the uh, some of the rules that I wanted to put in there. And it was ready to go. It probably took me more time to read through it than it did for me to either insert the rules that I wanted to insert or change the rules that were existing that I needed to change just for a uh, uh, number of teams and stuff like that. So, um you know, Bill is a good one, but I mean, you, you know, I think there are guys and I, you know, I don't want to shout people out, especially since I don't know how, uh, how available they are to, to give up their docs. But I mean, guys like John Bosch, he creates like all kinds of crazy leagues. So if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, a not a boilerplate template league, he might be a good person to, to use as a reference. Um, I mean, hell, listen to the, uh, the Commission Impossible podcast with Scott Fish and Ryan McDowell. I mean, they're always talking about new league ideas and league bylaws and stuff. Um, Andrew, obviously, is, is super smart, uh, a great uh, dynasty player. 
So um, he knows you need bylaws. I am I'm so pro bylaw. It's not even funny. Uh, that will save you so many headaches. And trust me, being a commissioner is already kind of a headache. So if you have a document that says, oh, wait, you think you do this? Nope. I sent this to everybody and you can't do it. It's easy to point out. Uh, arguments can't really be made. Uh, even if the person says, hey, I'd never read it. Cool. I gave it to you. It's on you that you didn't read it. You know, because I told you when I sent it to you, these are the rules of the league. Boom. Here you go. Um, Drew, is there anyone that you can think of besides some of the people I named or? Uh, yeah, those are those are most of the folks that came to mind. Um, Rocky Petrello, he's got a mm. he's got some that he he commissions that uh, are both pretty standard, but then some that are are pretty unique. Um, I mean, I played in a couple that were way out there that uh, I just sucked at. A couple were redraft um, <laughs> Survivor base, which is which was a lot of fun uh, to help kind of kick that off. But then uh, in one right now that he's uh, '80s one hit wonder kind of throwback league where. You got crazy stuff like starting three running backs, four wide receivers, and uh, but yeah, he's he does uh, he does well as a commission as well, and I think he balances, um, you know, kind of that here are the bylaws things are black and white, but also taking some of the moments where it's like at the end of the day it's meant to be fun as well. So if we can if we can make some things fun for the group, um, you know, let's let's talk about it. But uh, those are the the main folks that uh, I would go back to some of the folks that you mentioned, and then. I think if you put something out there on Twitter, you'll probably get flooded with uh, a ton of different ideas and then formats. And um, I know uh, you all are big fans of, you know, the best interest clause as something that's, you know, standard, no matter what kind of format you're in, uh, just to make sure that at the end of the day, when you need to, to make the, the decision, it's, it's pretty clear you get to make the decision. So. Yeah, I, I, I trumpet that best interest of the league clause. And honestly, that was so clutch uh, during the pandemic, during 2020, when things were like wild. I created a, a whole kind of amendment to my bylaws, kind of going through, okay, well, if they only play X number of games, this is what's going to happen. If they play X number of games, this is what's... And that was all just pretty much because I have, you know, someone says, well, you can't do that. You can't just add rules you know, after the league has already started, the best interest of the league. Like, you know, I didn't have IR spots before um, before the pandemic because I had, uh, I had pretty pretty deep benches. But I added three spots because at that time, we really didn't know what was going to go on. And guys were on that COVID list and they were off that COVID list. And, you know, I didn't think it was fair, if, you know somebody had eight guys on the COVID list that they couldn't put at least three of them into uh, an IR slot and then pick up three guys off a waiver. So um, yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, Tommy, is there anyone you can think of or? Yeah, just make sure your bylaws are solid. You don't want to end up like Mike Trout, right? Um, <laughs> I did want to ask y'all a question though. Yeah. So with the, it, it feels like with the IR, uh, in the NFL moving to four weeks, are you keeping the same number of IR spots? Are you doing away with those? What's going on uh, in your leagues with the IR? Uh, I'll, I'll start on this one. So I actually, uh, in the league I'm talking about, I added the three IR spots in um, 2020 with um, kind of what we really didn't know about the pandemic and everything. 
And I've actually kept them since. Uh, no one is asked to get rid of them uh, or take them away. Uh, I don't think the bump to four games uh, really matters, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them there. Uh, obviously, if a bunch of people in that league go, hey, you know, I think maybe we should add a couple because now you know instead of having this guy just for three weeks, now it's gonna be four weeks, and you know this could add up quickly. Um, you know, I'll probably bring that to a league vote and see what everybody thinks and, and go that way. But I'm going to keep the three spots I have in the league that I uh, commish and the uh, that bump in a game doesn't really uh, doesn't really change anything for me. What do you think, Drew, about this? Are you doing anything with IR spots? No, I'm keeping them the same. And it depends on the depth. And it's like, look at total roster spots, too. So like you're saying, Josh, in our league, it's really deep. So if you can't fit all the players you want with, I don't know, something like 20 bench spots plus three IR, then, I mean, I appreciate your grinding, you're digging deep, but let's be real about how many of you are really starting here. So that's uh, before you go and complain to your commissioner and ask them to add and adapt and change and all this stuff, take a look at your total spots. Um, I'm in a number of the safe leagues that Scott fish actually runs and he has zero taxi, zero IR, and those are between 28 to 30 starters for most of those super flex leagues. And you know what? People deal with it and you got to make choices. And that means there's options on the waiver wire and you got to be smart with your bidding. And it just adds a different twist to uh, the league in season and, and uh, during the non point scoring part of the season. So, um, and if that's the beauty of this, if, if you're not happy with what you've got, you have choices. So, you know, bring it up to your commission. If you really are passionate about it, you have a, a case to make. Uh, but I'll share as a commissioner, I am always looking for what are a couple of options to get closer to what you're looking for. Don't just come and bitch about this is what I don't like about it. So if you uh, want to make a case for some more spots somehow, um, I know in, in this one league that I co-commish, we we have, I think it's 45 or 50 players on the roster because of IDP as well. But we have taxi um, and then we have IR. And actually, I think we're we're getting rid of taxi altogether next year because we didn't like how it felt to have players rookies on taxi and, you know, helping folks keep a bunch of points off the board and things like that, because we want to kind of keep that roster churn going and keep it as active as possible. Um, but we had some folks, you know, speak up and share like, Hey, if, what if we just get rid of the taxi It lowers like six roster spots, but we'll add two more bench spots and kind of meet in the middle. So that total roster number I think is what's key there. And hopefully we don't run into a thing like 2020 again, where you've got to go and overthink how are you going to make this doable for your league? But, uh, but yeah, that'd be my only other ask as a commissioner is if you've got something that you're not a fan of, uh, bring some options with it for change. And I'll, uh, we were talking about sleeper before we got on um, some of the updates they made and stuff. Uh, a thing that I like to do, do with sleeper, uh, to get around this, at least for this time of the year. Uh, in the league that I run, I'm actually three guys over the amount because of draft picks and everything. And Sleeper doesn't ask you to do anything. Now, you can't make moves. You can't pick anyone up off of waivers, and you can't set a lineup. Like I said, it's June 15th. I don't need to set a lineup. I'll see what happens with some of these you know, lower-end guys Maybe a free agent that's on my bench currently, you know, signs in a good spot, kind of like you know, Latavius Murray did last year, where everyone in Baltimore kind of 
got hurt and weren't there. And then as we get to like that week before the season starts, I know I have to cut three guys, you know, but you know, it, it's all platform dependent. See what your platform will allow you to do because, um, yeah, on sleeper, I can be over three guys right now. I can't do anything else. I can't pick up guys. I can't, uh, I don't, I mean, I assume I can make trades. Um, I don't even know if I can do that, to be honest. I haven't, uh, I'll be honest, I haven't put together uh, any trades in that league yet. Maybe I'll do that, uh, maybe I'll do that this week. Maybe I'll, I'll try to sell some guys. Drew, you got some, uh, you got some 23 seconds you're willing to give up? I got guys. Uh, uh, I'm sure I do. <laughs> I'm sure uh, I do. But, yeah, you know, uh, Drew, you made a good point about, like, how many roster spots do you actually have? Because if you have, you know, you know, if you're in a start 11 and you have 30, you know, you have a 30-man team, you got 19 guys on your bench. Like, there's probably, like, three or four dudes on your team that are just, like, gross. They're there because, you know, you have a full, you know, you have a full team. But you're not like, oh, my God, I, I need – you know, I need six IR spots so that I can grab dudes that didn't even make it as I'm looking at these three to five gross guys at the end of my bench. Like, yeah, these are the guys I want to pick up. And obviously during the season, yeah, you get, you know, the guy that kind of comes out of nowhere and, you know, maybe he's on your team for a while. Maybe he's on your team only for, you know, one to three weeks. But really look at it. And it's different if you're, you know, have a you know 22 man team you know benches are a lot shorter maybe you go hey can i get like some of these ir spots because i don't want to have to draft a guy that's maybe pretty uh pretty good uh just because he's on the ir and i have no other options so um there you go Let, let's let's start this one up here real quick uh kmac did y'all like my trade for Brees in the timeline league um, Drew, do you remember that trade offhand? I am looking it up right now. Oh, thank thank God, because I I feel like my uh I feel like my initial answer is no, but I definitely want to hear the trade before I full rubber stamp the no. I didn't like that trade. <laughs> Let's see here. So we had K Mac giving up uh the one oh seven the 203 and the 204 for Brees Hall. So he got Brees Hall. He got Brees Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Sorry. I thought you were on the other side. I thought you were giving up Brees Hall. No, I love that. That 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 is amazing. Uh, I'm actually uh, ticked off because I'll, I'll take uh, everybody here, including Drew behind the curtain. Uh, Bill and I co-own that team. So before the draft even started, I think we offered the 102 – and the 110, I think, because we had two picks in the in the first round. So I think we offered that to Steve. Yeah. For the 101. I think at first we tried to offer like a first and a second, and he rejected it. So we were like, all right, let's like let's make the play. Like 102, 110. And it got denied. And we were like, all right, like he likes Brees Hall. I can't blame him for liking Brees Hall. Um, he's going to take Brees Hall. He's going to, you know, 
ride until the wheels fall off. And then like two days later, it's like, hey, trade them for the 107, the 203, a bag of chips, a half-eaten sandwich, and, you know, a uh, week-old banana peel. And I was like, wait, wait, what? Like, how did this happen? Like, we, Bill and I both just looked at each other and were like, these things happen sometimes. You can't, you can't control them. Uh, but no, K-Mac, you getting Brees Hall, I, I love that. Um, I love that that deal for you. Um, uh, as you can tell by the tone of my voice, might be a little bit jealous because uh, I think our uh, I think our deal was better. But listen, you, this is what happens, uh, and that's what makes Dynasty fun. It's a uh, things can happen sometimes that you're just like, all right, like this just happened, you know. So. Uh, yeah, good for you, K Mac. Uh, I'm, um, I'm, I was gonna say I'm happy for you, but I'm not happy for you. I don't, I don't like the fact that you got Brees Hall. I want a Brees Hall. Um, yeah, put a, we'll put a couple names to that. So 107 ended up being Chris Olave. Gross. 203 ended up being Trey McBride in a 1.75 premium. Huh. And then 204 was David Bell. So I, I think you did well there, Kevin. I think uh, I'd have to look at Steve's team to see if he was just looking for some more depth. Some more dart throws. I know he's he committed to a rebuild pretty early, um, which I, I I applaud Steve. I'm I'm in I don't know, gosh, four leagues with him I think, and he went rebuild in, in a, at least two or three of them last year, and uh, he set himself up pretty well. So let's just see here real quick. He's got for running backs. Ooh, he's sitting on Dobbins, Carter, Gus Edwards, Khalil Herbert, a couple of the backup guys that we mentioned earlier. Uh, but then his wide receivers now. Um, oh, he's got Zamir White as another possible backup, depending on what happens with Jacobs. I might need to trade for him. Uh, David Bell, Steph, Stephon Diggs, a good choice. Jerry Judy, waiting for Hopkins to come off suspension. Chris Olave uh, took a flyer on Justin Ross. So yeah, he's got a, he's got some uh, some dart throws there at wide receiver that could come out. And then, I mean, his his tight end room is pretty pretty deep with some options as well. So we added McBride to Dawson Knox. We'll see. Uh, so he's got both bills now with OJ Howard moving there. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see how all that pans out. Definitely got some, some extra pieces, but yeah, I think if I were to pick a side there, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a good move to get, to get Brees on your team. Tommy, I'm assuming you're going to make it three for three. You're going with K-Mac getting Brees here. Yeah, I think that was a steal. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't have stopped there. I probably would have thought about trading down to the 102, picking up the extra collateral, and then maybe even moving off of the 102 and getting, you know, one of the older, either 2017 running backs or less heralded running backs and possibly a 23 first if I could. That way I've got the rebuild capital that I'm looking for and then a, a starter for this year, sort of doing that two-way go principle. Well, I, I will... Um... Just to, to give some background, this trade was actually made. I'm not sure if KMAC was on the clock or it was like 105 or 106 was on the clock. So um, a lot of those picks had already uh, passed because I know at 102, we tried to trade down with just about everybody and gotcha. nobody. Oh, there you go. KMAC said he made the trade on the clock at 107 because I know at 102, we tried to trade down, I think, with if not everyone in the league, almost everyone in the in the league, because yeah, we I think we gave up after like I mean it was legitimately like 
25 offers. And everybody was just like, nah. I I mean, it was just, it was, we were just like, God, nobody wants the 102? Nope. That's nope. brutal. And, nope. and, and I mean, we no, no one did. And we weren't asking for anything crazy. We weren't like, hey, give us your, you know, your 104 and a 23. First. Like, we were just like, hey, can we get a first and a second? Wow. And people were just like, I don't want, I don't want to give you that. I was just like, it's probably actually because of me. Bill is a very nice person. He is a great dude. Um, and I, for <laughs> some reason, rub people the wrong way. No. Nah. No, nah, I had 102 in another league and we couldn't, I was making the push to get there to 101 and I was able to do it successfully in a couple of leagues and that felt nice. great uh, a couple of weeks before the draft uh, or before the rookie drafts happened. And uh, I couldn't be happier at this point that we did it. Um, but yeah, a couple that, you know, quote unquote, got stuck with 102. Um yeah, I, I, I diversified in a couple. So I got uh, I took Kenneth Walker in one league in our league where I just have zero running back. So I have Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker in that one. Uh, and then in the other league, um, pretty sure we took Kenneth Walker there. And then in, in the third league where I had the 102, I think I did uh, – God, who did I do? Traylon Burks maybe just to shake things up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't get, couldn't get any kind of a reasonable offer and the gap between the 101 and 102 um, in value is so so big. So, I yeah, had, I had the I had the 102 in one other spot. And in the the listener league, we took Jamo. We took uh, Jameson Williams just because I have so much Garrett Wilson that I was like, man. But then we ended up get we ended up trading up to 105 and getting him anyway. So, um, but in in a trade addicts league. It's kind of in the name, Trade Addicts. I, I, the draft started. I did not plan this out well. Um, I was actually getting ready that day. I was flying out for a, a work event. So I'm getting ready, just double checking to make sure I have all my stuff packed, uh, make sure you got your license, all the stuff you need to, to get on a plane and successfully fly somewhere. So as I see, you know, uh, you know, 101 is now on the clock. I go, oh crap! So I, I immediately go in the group me and I go, hey, I'm, I'm open to any offer. Shoot them my way. Oh, I got ready. I uh, drove to the airport. I parked my vehicle. I uh, walked into the uh, airport. Went through security. Sat down. I saw like three hours on the clock. I said. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see what offers I got. My uh, my inbox was uh, was dustier than uh, than a grandmother's attic. There was nothing going on. I said, "Wow!" I said, "Nobody wants this pick." <laughs> I said, "Okay." Um, I said, "I'll just take the player I like the most here." I took Garrett Wilson, and, and I kept it moving. But even you know. That that's why that's why Bill and I were a lot more active in the uh, the listener league because I learned that just saying hey like this pick is available like most years you say the one hundred two is available and people are like all right let's like let's flood the inbox and see what we can do and this year people are like I'm good <laughs> I'll 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 take the same guy that I like at one hundred three or one hundred four or one hundred five because there's such a uh, 
such a wide range of, you know, who people like, you know, pretty much after you get to the one-on-one. So, uh, nah. K-Mac, good for you, man. Do your thing. Keep making uh, great trades. And uh, I will say, though, if uh, you were reading off Steve's uh, roster, I mean, if he's going, if he's going legit for the full-blown, like, you know, tank, I mean, he should trade away uh, Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins as well. Like, get those, like, get young. Like, I'm not saying trade them away for nothing or just picks, but like, get young. Like, you know, trade uh, Stephon Diggs to, hey, the guy who won it last year. Um, he's this a big, guy. He's a big Bills fan. I'm sure he'll overpay, Steve. Um, <laughs> do you think I was just going to give you that opportunity without getting a little bit for myself? Um, Josh, you went through a whole auction draft with me. You know how cheap I am. I, dude, you and I, like, we can't do an auction together anymore. We are the two cheapest people on the planet. And we're just like, and, and it's funny because every, every calculator system that people bring up in that group me show us as like a like a bottom three team and i'm like i don't get it our team is pretty i mean we are weak at running back but like our wide receivers are, are disgusting they're they're so good they're so good like i i don't get it but Aaron um, Rodgers, justin herbert come on listen but anyway anyway i'm not we're sorry not sorry we're, no no, no I, I don't enough of the enough of the roster baby but um, but yeah, but um, yeah, Steve, hit up Drew. I think you can get uh, I think you can sell him digs for the low low price of three first, and uh, a move on with your day. You get young, and uh, you know, keep it moving. You know, even like DeAndre, sell DeAndre now before we start like sitting through that suspension, and that value just goes in the toilet because every week he doesn't play. It's like ugh, this guy. There's still five more weeks. There's still four more weeks. It just kind of gets grosser as the suspension lags on. So I think now is a good time when we're not really thinking about it to uh, to trade those guys. But anyway, last question. We're going long here, but when do we not go long? Uh, by Steve Lawson at FF by committee. And uh, we, had a, we had a new little uh, segment last week, our little, uh, you know, a little one through 10, you know. So we're going to do it again. Uh, Steve says he's about to hit the road for a 10-hour trip. Oof. God bless. Uh, but first, some redraft takes. All right, so let's put our redraft hat, hats on. Uh, hold on, redraft hat. Um, over the top here. Yeah, open the switch. That's when I do. That's when I do my best work. Um, so let's hit the first one here. There is no startable pass catcher in Tennessee. None. Zero. Drew, and this is redraft. Remember, redraft. One to ten. One means, nah, fam, that, that ain't the truth. And 10 means, oh, hell yeah, that's right. It's like a 1.5. 1.5. Give me Robert Woods at least as a flex Robert this year. A flex. I like it, Drew. I like it. Tommy, one, one to 10. Uh, what do you think here? Uh, about uh, Steve's comment here. So 10 is spicy, one is not so much? Uh, one, one means you disagree with okay. it, and 10 means you are fully in agreement. So I looked this up. 
this afternoon and Burks and Woods are right around wide receiver 40 in fantasy pros ECR. I mean, we expect too much out of rookie receivers right now, but I think Robert Woods has a shot of being at least startable. So I've got to say, I disagree. I'm going to put this at like a seven. Wait, you want to go the other way then you want, Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at a three then I'm sorry. Yeah. I disagree with that take. All right. So one and a half for drew three for Tommy. We keep doubling this. It seems like, so that would mean I would have to take six. I'm not going to say that was, that would be ridiculous. Uh, Why? Drew, can you answer this question for me? Why do we hate nice things? We hate Brandon Cooks. We hate Kirk Cousins. We hate David Montgomery. Why do we hate Robert Woods? Why do we hate nice things? Like, Robert Woods is good. Yes, I know. He had an ACL injury. It it probably ruined a lot of people's seasons because he had had, like, one really good game right before that, and then he got hurt. And then we get mad, and we take it out on the player. Not his fault. He didn't want to get hurt. He wanted to play. So no startable pass catchers, and that, that that is a one. Yeah. I mean, and that's just Robert Woods. Like we we heard during the draft after the trade with the Eagles. All right, they traded away AJ Brown. Traylon Burks is AJ Brown. Now I'm not saying he's AJ Brown. I'm just telling you what was said on every single it. every single telecast. Words just came out of your mouth. I repeat it. I didn't personally say it. I'm repeating what others have said, Drew. Um, what if they use him like that? Like, are you telling me he's not startable? I'm not saying he's your wide receiver one, but we're just saying Robert Woods is a flex play. Like, are you telling me if they if they try to use him like AJ Brown that Traylon Burks doesn't end up as a flex play? I mean. I, I think somebody is going to be startable in Tennessee. It's probably Robert Woods, but let's not let's not completely throw out uh, Traylon Burks either. So yeah, we're all low on that. We got a one from me, a one and a half from Drew, and a three from Tommy. Uh, here's the next one: Zeke Elliott is going to be a league winner at current value. I'm going to start this one off. It's a nine. Again, we hate nice things, Zeke. Listen, he's not the Zeke of 2017, 2018. We all understand that. But he plays, and he gets volume. And that's what we want out of a running back. We want a guy who's going to be there for 14, 15 games and a guy who gets volume. Zeke ain't, isn't super efficient anymore, but he gets enough touches to, to be a top 10 guy every year. He's, he's, been, he's been a top 10 running back every year since 2016 and that includes a season that he was suspended six games like he just does it and we're drafting him at what running back 18 yeah that's a nine i mean only thing only thing that obviously stops him is an injury from being top 10 again uh tommy what do you think about this one uh one to ten one means that you don't agree with this at all, and 10 means, yep, you fully 100% agree with this. Yeah, so it depends on how you define league winner, of course, right? But in order to really move the needle as a running back, you either have to catch a ton of passes or you have to score just a ton of touchdowns. 
he can catch the ball. He has a history of doing that. Is he the greatest pass catcher? No. What I think he can really do is score touchdowns this year. And so I think he does have league winning upside. It's just tough to bet on any one running back. So I'll say, uh, gosh, I'll give it a six. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of running backs that I could bet on with a similar profile. He's so cheap right now, though, that at his ADP, he is an incredible value. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's where Steve is going with it is the fact that at, at the current value. Um, and, and I'm curious because you, you brought up a good point, Tommy, about, you know, either being a great pass catcher at running back or being able to score a ton of touchdowns. I'm curious, you know, we don't quite know yet how long Michael Gallup is going to be out right now. Jalen Tolbert would probably uh, fit in as the number two, the third round rookie. Um, what if, what if Zeke is that dude, at least for you know, four weeks, six weeks, where he's catching a ton of passes because it's CeeDee Lamb. I'm assuming Dalton Schultz will be back before the season starts, but We've known Jerry to go off the reservation, so who knows? Um, but Zeke could kind of be that that safety valve if CD's covered up with double coverage and uh, Dalton Schultz can't get open. So I, that's uh, that's an interesting one. I, I like that. What do you think, Drew? Uh, our guy uh, Zeke Elliott, maybe just my guy, but our guy Zeke Elliott um, being a league winner at current value. Uh, I, I'm middle of the road at best five. I go either way on that. You guys hate nice things. I don't understand why. Why do we hate nice things? I, I don't get it. I might, I might just tweet that one day. Why do we hate nice things? Um, okay. but there, there you go. So that, that one brought a little bit more, uh, of a discrepancy between myself and, and Drew and Tommy, uh, Drew with a five, Tommy with a six, me with a nine. Uh, that's uh, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be fun to watch in, in Dallas to see how they how they're gonna use Zeke now that Amari is is gone. Uh, here's our next one here. Austin Eckler probably isn't worth his ADP this year. Uh, Eckler's DLF May startup ADP is RB seven. So people like Austin Eckler. Uh, Tommy, why don't, why don't you start us off with this one? Uh, is it a one? Do, do we think eh, he might actually be worth it? Or is it a 10 and we fully agree he ain't going to be worth it? I've got to admit, I love Eckler. I think that he gives you exactly what you're looking for at the running back position. Uh, I'm not scared off by having whatever backups they do behind him. I know they, they drafted, was it Isaiah Spiller? Yep. He doesn't scare me. Eckler's going to get all of the valuable touches. He's not going to get 20 touchdowns like he did last year, but that can't be the expectation of any running back, right? So I think he's going to catch a ton of passes. I think he's still going to score a bunch of touchdowns, maybe not 20, but somewhere closer to average. And he's going to deliver at least on that ADP. And right now we're sort of in a weird spot where running backs are aging out right now. And so take what you can get with the production that's available to you this year and figure it out next year. It's a two-year position. Love it. Love it. So what's your number? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a one. I, I am a firm Eckler believer. Oh, we got another one. Drew, 
here we go, man. It, it's on you. Austin Eckler probably isn't worth his ADP this year. Are you are you in full disagreement like Tommy is with the one? Are you in full agreement with the ten? Are you somewhere in the middle? Uh, if you replace Austin Eckler with Christian McCaffrey, I am a ten. Uh, for Austin Eckler in here, I I probably pull that back to. Uh, I probably disagree more than I agree. So I'm like three and a half, four. Uh, I'm looking at some of the names in DLF ADP after him, and I certainly don't want any of those guys over Eckler. So you're looking at Mixon, Saquon, Dalvin, uh, ETN, Cam Akers rounds out the top 12 right now. Um, only guy behind him that I might say, you know, I, I'd rather have, and I might take a, a bit of a, a reach on would be J.K. Dobbins coming off the injury in Baltimore. So you, you push McCaffrey down. You know, Dobbins goes up there. So yeah, Eckler's still probably in that six, seven, eight, RB six, seven, eight range. I'm fine with him there. I'm fine with him uh, you know, after some of the big names go, depending on where you get them as uh, the overall pick number. So yeah, I, I probably I disagree with that more than I agree with that statement. So you're at a four then? Yeah. All right. So we got a one. We got a four. I'm gonna go just a little bit higher. I'm, I'm going to go to a five. I think this is a coin flip. Tommy mentioned a whole lot of touchdowns. Oh, a whole lot of touchdowns. But Austin Eckler is good. I also will disagree with Tommy. I think Isaiah Spiller could do a little something. I think he's a lot better than who was there? Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly. I don't even know. Just, just a bunch of guys. No good. I think Isaiah Spiller can uh, can actually spell Austin Eckler, uh, help help him out a little bit. So I think this is actually like a coin flip. Like I could see Austin Eckler, he's there. Like Drew said, there there's nobody that we're for sure putting in front of him. We're not for sure putting Joe Mixon in front of him. We're not doing the same with Saquon or or you know. A lot of the other guys, Travis Etienne, Cam Akers, we're not. None of those guys are like, yeah, definitely better than uh, than Austin Eckler. Uh, I can see either side of it, and I'm I'm just gonna split the middle. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a five. I'm gonna put a five there. So we got a one, a four, and a five. So that that that's interesting. I think overall, if we if we average yeah, that out, average out to three and a third. Yeah, we're pretty much like. Mm-hmm. Probably wrong about that one. All right, final one. Jameis. Jameis Winston, New Orleans Saints starting quarterback, is a quarterback one. Actually, I, I want to go back for a quick second, Josh. Yeah. I, think I, I was looking at DLF's startup ADP, which is Dynasty. So I, I guess I, I forgot that we're talking redraft. So that, that actually pushes me a little bit lower. I, I am all in on Austin Eckler if he's like a RB six, seven, something like that in redraft this year. So you're at were you at a one? I'm pulling it back down to like uh I, I hate to just totally disagree with somebody, but you know, one and a half. One and a half. So all right, so to to reset the scoreboard here, a one from Tommy, a one and a half from Drew. Listen, I knew what I was talking about. It's still five for me. For uh, okay, 2.2. But, but, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much, if we uh, if it was a consensus here, we'd pretty much be saying uh, we don't really agree with that one. 
Uh, all right, so back to back to Jameis. Jameis Winston, starting quarterback, New Orleans Saints, is going to be a QB one. Uh, let me start this one off. Um, I like Jameis. I think Jameis is going to have a successful season. Uh, uh, unlike the uh, Chicago Bears with Justin Fields, they they've actually put weapons around. Jameis, they signed Jarvis Landry, however you want about Jarvis. And then they moved like 78 picks for uh, Chris Olave. So obviously their plan during this offseason was to put more weapons around Jameis. They still have Alvin Kamara, who can catch passes. So all that being said, QB one. It's probably like a three for me. Um, there's just we talked about it in the earlier question. There's just this like sea of second tier quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, we mentioned Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, and there's Dak Prescott. There, you know, there's a lot of guys. You know, even you know Jalen Hurts probably gets thrown into that conversation. A lot of guys that um, I think will fill the top twelve, and I think you'll be happy with uh, Jameis Winston and what you spent to get him, whether it's draft capital or trade value. But um, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's more, it's a three just cause there's so many good quarterbacks going on. Uh, Drew, what do you think? Jameis is a QB one, one. That's a not for you dog or 10 in yeah. redraft this year. Redraft, not dynasty. We're talking redraft. You see redraft hat is on. That means it's redraft. Mm-hmm. Not dynasty, the game we love, but redraft. Talk about redraft. It's uh, the game that we probably loved first. It is. It is. Uh, sh- man. No. No. I, I this this pushes me to a one. Uh, I think you look at some of the names down here, and I think the 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 more interesting question for me is, uh, you know, what's the over under on QB one weeks that he has this year? Four and a if half. He, if he plays 17, if he plays 17 games, how many of them, you know, what's the over? I, I would put it somewhere around like four and a half games. I'll go it, over on that. You go over on that for QB one weeks. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tommy? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Cause last year he had a couple of just monster games on, Mostly mm-hmm. efficiency and touchdowns, mm-hmm. like five touchdown games. I'd bet the over on four and a half. Yeah. So where, where would you put it to make it more debatable? Six and a half, a third of his games? Oh, six and a half is, yeah, that's five spicy. And a half. Somewhere around there. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you think five to six games is likely for him. But more than that is questionable. Yeah. 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 Six, so that doesn't, that doesn't push him. Yeah. Yeah. I take the slight under on yeah. six and a half. And he would have to be like the QB one, two, or three in most of those weeks to give him a shot at being a QB one for the season. But but let, let's let's think about this because I, I think we forget sometimes what he was doing before he got injured 
Uh, he got injured. What was that? Like week, week four? Yeah. He had 1,170 yards, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. And by the way, there was no Michael Thomas. There was no Jarvis Landry. There was no Chris Olave. I'm pretty sure it was two New Orleans substitute teachers and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I mean, three games is such a small sample. size. That goes back to Dak's uber-efficient start. Like, you can extrapolate that as far as you want, but But, I I think we all expect a bad Jameis to show up somewhere along the way here. Sure, but bad Jameis. Let's remember Tampa Bay bad Jameis, the 30-30 club. That dude was still in your your lineup for fantasy. Like, we don't care what what an NFL team thinks of him. Like, we know if that dude is just YOLO Jameis, he can put points on the board, and he can put points on – now, listen, there might be five touchdowns or five interceptions, and you're like, dang, if you could have just dropped that to, like, five touchdowns and three interceptions, I would have been even more happy with this day. <laughs> but he he has yeah. that ability. As long like, as you're not in Scott Fish scoring, you'll be, you'll be on the better side there. And I'm, I'm assuming that Steve in his redraft league is not, yeah. you know, unless he's talking about the Scott Fish Bowl. And then uh, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, would, I would not ever do that. Um, there are guys that I stay away from in Scott Fish Bowl because of that scoring setting. But, I mean, we do have to look at the fact that, you know, whenever his injury was, uh, I felt like it was a little bit later than like week four or five. But. I mean, he was on pace. I remember right when he got hurt, I – or no, I'm sorry. At the end of the season, I listed all the quarterbacks that Jameis had more touchdown passes than, and I think he had played like half the season or something like that. It was just – it was an amazing list. Uh, so you're at a uh, – you said well, you're at a one. You're at a straight one, right? There's zero chance yep. that this happens. Yeah. All right, Tommy, round us out. Jameis Winston is a quarterback one for the 2022 season. Yeah, it's tough to get into the quarterback one conversation because obviously there's only 12 spots available, right? And you can sort of pencil in a half dozen quarterbacks where as long as they're healthy, you feel like they are just locks to, to land somewhere in that top 12. And then after that, there's probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 quarterbacks that could uh, finish in those final six spots in the top 12. And Jameis is one of them. He certainly is. I mean, first overall pick, he's got all the physical skills that you want and he's got LASIK now too. So he's got that going for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, I would put this at like a three and a half. I mean, it's possible. It certainly is. And he would be a dark horse to do that, but you can't say it's likely by any means. Uh, yeah, and I, I think you're right about that. I, I think you can definitely tell uh, the story of how Jameis gets there. Uh, I think the problem with the story is that, you know, there's kind of have to be some twists and turns. <laughs> and, you know, it'll probably sound more like a, uh, a sci-fi uh, story than a uh, historical uh, nonfiction but yeah, you know, we, you know, Drew was at a one. Drew just he hates. Uh, he hates. Let, let me let me read you some names. Let me read you some names. So you mentioned a half dozen. Great, Josh Allen, 
Justin Herbert, Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Stafford, Dak, Burrow. That's eight. That's before Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Russ Wilson, Lamar Jackson. There's 12. So out of that group, assuming health, who is he supplanting in that group to get into the top 12? Well, let's figure. One or two of those guys are probably going to get injured. I mean, it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Okay. So then you've got Kirk Cousins. Derek Carr would be the next two that I'd put in there then. Is he outscoring them on the season? Probably not. But let me reduce it. Let, let me re, let me reduce some numbers since, <laughs> since we're getting into the numbers game here. Week one, 148 yards. That stinks out loud. 148 yards. Five touchdowns. That that probably that was probably a uh, that's a thirty point a, game. That was probably a QB one week. Uh, then let's move to. Week five. So week one was against Green Bay. That was the game that just everybody shook their head. Green Bay laid the biggest of eggs and got steamrolled by the Saints. Week five against Washington. 279 yards. Not like anything to write home about. Four touchdowns, one interception. Pretty pretty good. He also uh he also added 26 rushing yards, if that matters to anyone. Um then the week, uh, he had two more games, which were nothing to write home about. Then he gets injured. He missed out on games against Atlanta. That defense wasn't good last year. The Jets, that defense wasn't good last year. Miami, actually, this is when Miami was hot, so maybe they, uh, maybe they lock it down. Uh, Another game and another game against Carolina because they had Atlanta in week 18. But please, for the love of God, don't be playing in week 18. Don't do that to yourself. Uh, so he had three more games where he, he could have. He Carolina was his worst game when he played, too. Uh, yeah, I understand that. But Carolina in week 17, they, they already had the U-Hauls pack. They, they weren't going out there and playing any legitimate ball. I mean, New Orleans won that game with who knows who at quarterback 18 to 10. With with like you know, pro- probably a a forty five year old at quarterback, not named Tom Brady. Was that so, Ian Book? I believe that was Ian Book that was oh, playing that. Please tell me that was <laughs> Ian Book. Because that even that even makes my my argument way stronger. Please please tell me it was Ian yeah. Book. I'm looking this up right now. Please tell me this was Ian Book playing in this game because I mean, show me Taysom Hill. It, it was it was uh Taysom Hill. Uh so yeah, I mean he had me scared for minutes out. <laughs> no, Ian Book did start a couple games, so I was I was just hoping it was Ian Book. Yeah, right. But uh, you know, that that's what it is. So I mean, listen, a lot of fun that's going fun. through this stuff and a lot of fun having Tommy on the show. Tommy, thank you for coming on. On the way out, just make sure again you tell people where they can reach you so that they can uh, maybe pick that uh, pick that great fantasy mind of yours. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I'm at uh, FF Tommy B, and I will be in the Scott Fishbowl chat on Twitter. This is my first year playing, so look out for me there. Here we go. Tommy B, gonna be yeah, I'm pumped. In the fit. Listen, man, it is it is a fun, fun time. Uh, I've I've been lucky enough to be in it the last two years. Uh, haven't got an invitation yet, but my thing is just like I just want I want as many people as humanly possible to get into it and just have that fun because you're um, once you get a um, a draft pick, once you know what what pick you're going to be at. Then you get into the chat with all the people with the same draft pick and every year, like you don't like, you don't know who's going to be in it. Uh, my first year, Bob Long was in it, uh, in our chat. Uh, I've been in chats with Casey Kasem, who is our, our DAP network sister. Uh, but like so many, you just get so many smart people and people that you've never met before that are just like super smart. You're like, wow, I've never even seen this person in my corner of Twitter. It's so much fun, man. I'm so happy for you. Um, I can't wait until you get into the, uh, the uh, pick number chat. And then you really have like four or 500 people who are just like talking, coming up with strategy. Who are you picking? Who are you picking? Like, what do you think about this? Uh, this wrinkle that Scott has added this year. And, it's so much fun. So remember, uh, make sure you you're following uh, Tommy at FF Tommy B. Uh, good dude, good time, so smart. Um, and on our way out, you know, thanks to the chat. Uh, Steve was in here yelling at me about my blasphemous Olave slander. I will slander that dude until he actually does something because. I am uh, another island that I am on by myself is the you just use them to prop up Jameis Winston. Just FYI, if we roll back about five it, minutes, right? And, and listen to the order that I put those guys in: Michael <laughs> Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. That he was number three for a reason. I did that on purpose, Drew. Okay. Um, better than who? Traquan Smith. I mean. I don't think he's as good as people say he is, but I think he's better than Traquan Smith. So there, I gave Chris Olave a compliment. <laughs> there you go. Didn't think that was going to happen this week. Um, Steve, Steve was in here. K-Mac was just bragging about grabbing Brees Hall for uh, a bag of chips. Uh, we, we had a uh, dynasty scissor, which is still an amazing name. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And thank everybody else who's watching. We appreciate it. Uh, remember, uh, subscribe, hit the bell, like, Leave a comment. We love all that stuff. And if you are listening, man, it's almost two hours. We we had a good time, man. Who cares? We had a great time. Tommy was on, uh, just making the time that much better. So thank you for listening. Uh, we we appreciate it, especially two hours. That's a lot for a podcast. Uh, if you stumbled on us, hit subscribe. If you're already subscribing, leave a rate and review if you can on your podcast directory. Like I always say, there are... Uh, analytics and and formulas and stuff that we have no idea but apparently that kind of stuff helps and on that note drew we are out of here very late